welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and most importantly, enjoy the process. I had a client who asked me a question that inspired this podcast. He was asking me, he's like, so when like you go out to eat with your friends, does your plate look like their plate or my plate? Or does everyone know you're a dietitian based on what you order? And I was like, oh man, that's a complex question, man. It depends on like <laughs> where I'm going, what my week looks like. And I was just thinking about it on the way home because of course I gave him like a roundabout answer. And I was like, I wonder if there's like some advice that I'd give to everyone. Like, I don't really know where this came from, from that conversation. I was like, I wonder if there's like nutrition tips that I could give to everyone or like nutrition tips that I follow every single day that I would tell 99.9% of my clients. So I just started to make a list and came up with like five or six things. And so these are universal nutrition tips that I would give to pretty much anybody who asked me and... Well, let's get into it. Well, I think this is interesting because we always tell people in nutrition is such an individualized science mm-hmm. and it totally depends on the person and your genetics and your lifestyle and your blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? There's things that we would also just tell everybody to do. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of a relief. <laughs> so, <laughs> True. Yeah. you know, because everything is personalized and the reason why it's personalized would be, let's just say your schedule is different than mine. So yeah. we have to work with different schedules, work with different goals, backgrounds, etc. But I think one of the first things that I'm telling a lot more people and talking about more is gut health. And what I tell people to do, especially if they're at that level where they've already got healthy habits, their fundamental nutrition habits are taken care of, like they're eating healthy balanced diets and really want to take it to the next level, is to have a serving of live active cultures or probiotics from food every single day. Yeah, I would say I probably get into this with people maybe session three, mm-hmm. session four, if things are going well, this is something we start to add. Or if you come to me with digestive issues mm-hmm. already and I feel like there's something off with your with your gut bacteria, there's some kind of dysbiosis going on there, yeah. we need to really improve your digestive health, then I yeah, I think everybody could benefit mm-hmm. from this. I don't know anyone that I've talked to this about that it has been a detriment and I don't see no. how it could be a detriment because it's it's probiotics from food, not probiotics from a supplement. Mm-hmm. So I think when, pe- when you say the word probiotic, people automatically think a pill. Mm-hmm. We're talking about bacteria that is naturally occurring in food and in drinks. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that you tell your clients to eat or drink when you give this this, mm-hmm. this recommendation? Fermented veggies, really easy one because you can buy them. They last a long time. So sauerkraut, pickles, kimchi, pickled beets, anything like that that's fermented. Yeah, it's kind of an extreme taste. I like it. I think you. it's a bit of an acquired taste. The more yeah. you eat it, the more mm-hmm. you like it. Mm-hmm. But all you have to do is just take a spoonful once or twice a day. I kind of treat it as like a, a palate cleanser. So it's kind of okay. weird. Like when I'm cooking and I'm like hungry... I'll take a spoonful of sauerkraut or kimchi, whatever I've got, and just eat it. Yeah. <laughs> just random. Or I eat pickles throughout the day just as like a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. What's an easy one? A lot of dairy products, including kefir or Greek yogurt, are going to have live active cultures. You spin that label around on the back of your yogurt and you'll see 
all of those different strains listed like lactobacillus, those are really healthy strains of bacteria that feed the good bacteria in your gut. Uh, of course, there's kombucha, which is a fermented tea, uh, gut shots. Am I missing any? I got a caveat to the the pickled veggies and mm. the sauerkraut. You cannot heat it up. Oh, yeah. So most people are used to having warm sauerkraut to go along with whatever their meal is. Usually it's warm. So, mm-hmm. like, if, if you've grown up, especially in the Midwest, especially on, like, Irish or Polish cultures, and you have the, the mm-hmm. sauerkraut, it's always warm. If you heat it, you kill the bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if it's shelf-stable, there's no good bacteria True. in it. So if you're buying it, it has to be in the refrigerated section. Um, because those bacteria are alive, you want the bacteria alive when you eat them. So if it's been sitting on the shelf for months at room temperature, they're no longer alive, you're not getting good bacteria from them. If you're having sauerkraut on your Reuben, it's been heated, those bacteria are dead as well. So those bacteria are, because they're, like, think about them as being like little bugs that if you put them into extreme situations, like, they are going to die. Mm -hmm. So... They're fragile. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Little fragile guys. Tender. So go to Trader Joe's. They have a great little fermented veggie selection. It's got like carrots and jicama and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's great on salads or just kind of like as a little side. Uh, Cleveland Kraut is a really Yum. good brand of sauerkraut that comes in a couple different flavors. So if you're not real sure about sauerkraut, but you like pickles, they have like a dill variety. They have a spicy turmeric or something like that. That's a really good brand. Um, Bubby's is like the one with the grandma on it in the glass <laughs> jar that's in Publix. So it's always always going to be in that refrigerated section, though. The Also keep in mind that there are millions of different strains of bacteria. So just like there are a ton of different vitamins, so there's vitamin A and vitamin C. Like you don't want to only eat foods that have mm-hmm. vitamin C. If you're only eating yogurt every day, mm-hmm. most yogurts only have one mm-hmm. to four at the most strains of bacteria in them. So if you're like, yeah, I'm getting bacteria and good probiotics every day. I eat yogurt every day. You're only getting like one to four Mm -hmm. of those strains. And so that'd be like only getting one to four vitamins and minerals in a day. So that's why I always recommend that people get a variety of these things. So Mm -hmm. if you had sauerkraut one week, switch over to the gut shots the next week. If you have the gut shots this week, well, next week, go get the plant-based yogurts. And then the next week, go get the kefir and just try to switch it up. That's a good point. I was um, in Publix today, and I remember a while ago, today's dietitian had spent sent us some Chobani probiotic drink samples, and I just grabbed them off the shelf, being like, oh yeah, I've had these. They were like two for five or whatever. I looked at the back, and the tiny thing had like eight grams of added sugar for the whole serving. So not that you know you have to be like a sugar Nazi, but why would you drink a bunch of added sugars when it's already a fermented natural sugar? So if you're buying kombucha or probiotic drinks, Make sure you check that there's no added sugar. It will still be sweet from the flavors, the juices that they're going to be adding in those beverages. You don't need added sugar. Well, keep in mind for kombucha, it's always going to have sugar in it. If you turn it around, it has 12, 13 grams of sugar. That's just how it is because those bacteria need that sugar to feed off of. I have seen there's one brand of kombucha that's a zero gram sugar kombucha. I have not tried Mm -hmm. it and I don't really know scientifically how they're making that work. Um, Maybe they're just inoculating it. It's not like the Mm -hmm. natural bacteria. But to make kombucha, like if you're at home making your own kombucha, it's a lot of sugar to keep that bacteria alive because it's what the bacteria feed off of. So with a lot of these products, like the kombucha, the yogurts, like there's going to be some sugar in there. You're hardly ever going to find anything that has zero grams 
Well, GT's kombucha <clears throat> has zero grams. They, I'm looking at the added sugars. So they'll have naturally occurring fruit juices or the natural occurring sugars in dairy products, like obviously like lactose. Yeah. So that would be something I would look at. So I know that there's a bunch of kombuchas that have like two servings in the glass. And then you look at each serving has 12 grams of added sugar. You drink the whole glass, you're getting 24 grams of added sugar plus the naturally occurring sugars. So there's always going to be sugar in any fermented product, like you're saying. And then you just want to look at the added sugars. So what Kate is referring to is as of this year, the nutrition facts labels have changed to delineate between total sugars and added sugar. Mm -hmm. So let's say if we were looking at the nutrition label of an orange, Mm. which I know there's no nutrition labels in an orange, it would say total sugar is maybe 15 grams, but then the added Mm -hmm. sugar for that orange would say zero grams. So when you're looking at a yogurt, you can see what the natural sugar is going to be, which milk itself has natural sugar in it. Mm. It's just naturally occurring. As it comes out of the cow, there's sugar in it Mm -hmm. that can't be taken away. So that would be under the natural sugar line, then the line under that would say added sugars, and that would be anything that was added to the product afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yep. Speaking of sugars and gut health, the other thing that I tell clients is to avoid artificial sweeteners like sucralose, aspartame, acylfilm, I never say acylsulfame K, or potassium. Yeah. So we're talking about gut health in some new studies, relatively new studies. I will say they're all animal studies or mouse studies. Um, they're showing that when you consume artificial sugars, the neurons that detect that sweetness are sending that message to the brain differently than how it sends the message to the brain from naturally occurring sugars. And so it's telling the brain that, hey, you're getting something sweet that tastes like sugar, which keep in mind, the brain interprets as energy or calories for you to use, but you're not actually getting any calories or energy from this hypersweet additive. So is that potentially disrupting the gut microbiome? Is it sending you cravings to eat more sugars or more calories from other sources? We don't really know yet, but a lot of the studies are suggesting that. And my perspective on something like this is, well, artificial sweeteners don't even taste that good, in my opinion. I think we just kind of get accustomed to them the more you drink them. And if they potentially are causing you to eat more, then why just not eat them? Like, guilty until proven innocent, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that people are pretty addicted. Mm-hmm. When it comes. So, totally. so when they change from, oh, well, I was drinking a ton of soda and I switched to diet, then you, you get addicted to that super, super sweet flavor mm-hmm. because you can't get it anywhere else other than from those yeah. artificial sweeteners. So this is also a universal thing for me if I have people that are really overdoing the artificial sweeteners, especially when they're dealing with a lot of bloating. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that it's before. It's from the artificial sweeteners mm-hmm. every time. Every time. <clears throat> Sugar-free gum. What episode was that? It wasn't – it was a f- few episodes ago. It wasn't yeah, it that was long few, ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, what's crazy is I, anecdotally I'll ask people when they start to decrease the artificial sugars, which might be coming from diet drinks or diet sports drinks, zero-calorie things – I had a client, I think I told you about this one, who was putting two uh, packets of reduced calorie Swiss Miss hot cocoa Mm -hmm. in her morning coffee and then a bunch of Splendas, all artificial sweeteners. As she gradually decreased, which was hard for her, her cravings for sugar the rest of the day went down. Absolutely. And yeah, of course, it might have been from other dietary changes we made, but I've heard this from enough people and I've experienced it myself. And so when I read the studies that say like, oh, 
artificial sweeteners may be tricking your brain into wanting more sugar. I'm like, yeah, yep, makes a lot of sense. sure is. Feel that? Mm-hmm. Sure is. And it makes other things taste sweeter when you finally get those out of your life. Mm-hmm. Your taste buds rearrange themselves yeah. to think that other things taste sweeter. Dude, that's why when people tell me like, oh, I hate the taste of vegetables or like naturally sweet fruits and you see that they're drinking like two Diet Mountain Dews per day and they're like chugging all these weird diet drinks or eating Atkins bars. I'm like, no wonder, you know, if you look at the back of a label in the ingredients and you see the very last ingredient, if it's an if it's an artificially sweetened product, that sucralose or aspartame is going to be towards the end of that ingredients list compared to something that's sweetened with cane sugar or real sugar, that's going to be up to the front. That's because it takes just a little teeny tiny bit of artificially sweetened sugars to make something taste really sweet. They don't have to use a lot. So it's very, very sweet on the tongue. Concentrated. Very concentrated. So I would say zero to yeah zero artificial sweeteners in in your diet i would say realistically in my life every once in a while maybe i mean once a week to two weeks even i'd have something that has artificial sweetener and it just inadvertently what would you have um so i would say like some maybe something that has sucralose in it like if i would grab like yeah, so like a body armor or maybe one of those like think thin bars or even like a diet Dr. Pepper or something like that. Maybe like once every two weeks or month, like I'll have something that's got sucralose in it. The Think Thin Bars. Yeah. I, do they use sucralose? They did. They, maybe they don't anymore. I think they changed. I think they changed because I remember looking at that and being happy that they changed. Oh, okay. I'll have to double check that. Quest Bars, which we already don't no, recommend. No, no. They're annoying because half of them use sucralose, half of them don't. I don't really know why, but they're still disgusting and they're not worth eating in my opinion <laughs> for flavor alone. Yeah. But yeah, definitely those energy bars will have some. I think uh, the market's picked up on that and they've switched a lot of them from sucralose. I agree because I had a yogurt the, the other day. This guy was like, yeah, I, I eat this yogurt. And I was like, no, you can't mm-hmm. have that. It's got sucralose in it. It's the oikos one that's in the black label oh triple zero triple zero it used to have sucralose in it they changed it good. i was like they must have heard me railing against them because <laughs> well good i mean they should yeah. because they market themselves as like a really healthy alternative and now i mean i think i remember reading something on the ingredients where i was like meh i don't remember if it was artificial sweeteners or not i think it tastes artificial yeah i do too that's maybe it like doesn't it. now maybe they since they changed it but yeah, the dan and lighten fits that's one i get on people for in the purple and white container yeah they have an equivalent to that now. It's the Chobani Zero. It uses mm-hmm. stevia. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the Too Good, that mm-hmm. uses monk fruit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no reason. There's so many alternatives. And so we're not going to make this whole episode about artificial sweeteners. We've talked about that ad nauseum on the podcast. But, yeah. Not a fan. Not but, a fan. And, you know, if, if something sneaks in every month or so, like, not yeah. a big deal. But it's something that shouldn't be in your life every single day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Agreed. Uh, the third thing that I recommend to everybody is to have protein at breakfast. And really protein throughout the day at most meals. But most people seem to have trouble with it the first time they eat. Agreed. Because most people aren't cooking in the morning Mm -hmm. and most things that have protein in them require some type of prep ahead. Mm -hmm. Yep. So some of the easy ways, because we know we hear it every day, people don't have a lot of time or they're not ready to make a lot of time for cooking in the morning. So Greek yogurt, skir, cottage cheese high quality protein powders, high quality protein bars. Those are all easy things you can do to get protein in the morning. Have you seen those little eggs? So you know how Starbucks has like the, Mm. 
what are the sous vide mm-hmm. egg bites or whatever well companies are catching on to this because those were so popular in the refrigerated section there are a bunch of companies that have like either these little egg bars or little like muffin type things yeah, that are okay. just ready made like they're single serving of you know, like two little egg bites or a little egg bar like um egg bar hmm. pasture what's that vital farm mm-hmm. vital farms they have that, that the now yeah, yeah the so, pretty black packaging mm-hmm. yep so they have those little egg oh. bites like little veggie ones and quality they have, eggs like, yeah so those are the the free range eggs so if you go to the refrigerated section over by the eggs now you'll probably okay. see some of those things they're hmm. expensive but it's two seconds in the microwave you know yeah, I like that idea because boiled eggs that you buy prepackaged to me, I can't do it. Like, I don't mind a boiled egg sometimes. I can't cook them because the smell freaks me out. That's me personally. I can't buy them in, like, the water. It freaks me out. So the I sous-vide. had one today for maybe the first time in, like, five years. For what? Just because. Cause? So I just bought them. So hmm. I do Kroger delivery now yeah. for my groceries, and Kroger has... They're, like, name, brand, organic, whatever, like, from Kroger. They have so many things that are, like, just better than Publix, I think. Really? So they have no. a pasture-raised, organic, hard-boiled egg in a packaging. They come in, like, six in a package and didn't have the weird water in there. Okay. It opens and closes. And I cut through it, and I was like, oh, it's, like, hard and nice. And, no, it's great. And there's no green ring no around green. the yolk? Nope, no green. I'm intrigued. <laughs> you had my attention, and now I'm listening. Okay. Simple Truth. I couldn't think of the name of the brand, Simple but they're Truth. Simple Truth brand. Okay. It's like their name brand for all their organic, healthy stuff. You know this, that I have weird things about eggs. Love eggs. Like hard-boiled eggs to me are like the most... Or, but yeah, hard-boiled eggs. Not hard-boiled eggs. What's the twice... What's the hollandaise eggs where they put the... Eggs Benedict? No, I like, I like that. No. What's it when... On the Christmas... <laughs> Christmas and Easter. Eggnog. No, I hate that too. <laughs> no, what's hard boiled eggs. At Easter, you hard boil an egg is? and you color it. No, 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 but you cut it open and there's like that yellow stuff in the middle and it's like a sauce. It's like. The yolk? No. God dang. Poached it, eggs. I don't know. No, you know how they do half of an egg and then there's like a big yellow. It looks like someone took like cheese whiz and went in the egg. Oh, deviled eggs. Deviled eggs. <laughs> It took us a Ew. long while to get there. Those, my family, everybody I know loves deviled eggs. My husband loves deviled oh, eggs. will order them on a menu. <laughs> if they have deviled eggs yes. as an appetizer, they are coming to our table. Oh my god, I went I on a trip with... I think it's appalling. I like them, but I would not order them. Um, I was on a trip with some people, three other people. We went to this nice restaurant in St. Pete. It was like like a tapas restaurant and they all ordered hard-boiled <laughs> eggs the three of them and i was like isn't this a joke i was like um i'm fine i'll sit this one out a lot of people have issues with hard-boiled eggs though so like before i ever recommend them i always ask like well, how do you feel about hard-boiled eggs because people yeah. have some serious opinions about them uh, that's me i'm <clears throat> deviled eggs absolutely not hard-boiled eggs i'm warming up Maybe. to them but normal eggs but i wouldn't eat a hard-boiled egg on its own like i ate it sliced on my avocado toast because i thought it would be easier than getting out a pan that's Mm. why i bought them socially acceptable way (laughs) the lord's way yes especially if you put like some of those pickled radishes on top oh for that gut health you're getting the protein the gut health all the things Mm -hmm. i love it Speaking of some eggs, some eggs are enriched with <laughs> the fourth what a tip. Great you like that? You like that? Mm-hmm. So I would say the fourth universal truth for most everyone, I can't really think of any exceptions off the top of my head, would be to make sure you're eating a diet rich in omega-3 fatty acids, especially EPA. 
DHA. And if you're not taking a supplement, because most people are not mm-hmm. eating enough of them. So EPA, DHA, um, fatty fish is your best Mm-mm-mm. source of that. And so if you're eating salmon twice a week, cool. Salmon. If you're not, you probably need to take an EPA, DHA mm-hmm. supplement. However, there is one caveat to this. I have had a, I had a client who had thi- her thyroid removed okay. completely and she started taking omega-3 and it messed with i can't remember exactly which one of her labs it was but one of them went totally out of whack and it had been fine for a while and she pinpointed the omega-3 as the one thing that had changed and so she took it out and then it went back to normal okay so that was weird but i that's the only incidence I've ever heard for an omega three to be contraindicated. Was she taking like a mega dose? No, it was a no. It was just a normal like Nordic Naturals, the one that I would recommend. I mean, I'm not looking too into. Was it some kind of like a C reactive protein? I just did a quick Google search. No. I'm not going to look into mm-hmm. it or blood sugars. I th- I mean, again, this was like random. very specific and yeah, random to hmm. her. But for most people taking a supplement would not be contraindicated in no. any way it's helpful for heart health inflammation, inflammation. like there's Joints. studies on weight and yes it, yeah i think what's really exciting i tell anybody any clients of mine who may struggle with some kind of mood disorder that mm. there's a lot of emerging research with epa and dha supplementation for improving mood this is especially important for somebody who may not have the motivation energy to get outside and get vitamin d which helps boost the mood um, who doesn't want to exercise or can't quite exercise yet maybe they don't have the the willpower to do it or maybe they're just not there in their journey or they're not doing enough whatever really epa and dha they're showing in studies can help with mood there's also evidence that it's helpful for um postpartum depression ah makes sense as well so yeah that that goes goes right along with that so i took the nordic naturals uh prenatal epa dha all through my pregnancy and i just stopped taking it um since i stopped breastfeeding just because i wasn't (laughs) i just wanted a break from it i need to get it back and start taking sure. it again but yeah I think it, I think it was helpful for me I don't really know I can't say what I would be like without it but um the studies are there to kind mm-hmm. of back that and there's no reason not to be taking yeah. it because it helps with the fetus's brain development as well yeah yeah it, it's it's not the most expensive supplement it's not the cheapest mm-hmm. one either but it's totally doable mm-hmm. if you're worried about fish burps um there is a brand called Barleen's I think there's probably other ones like this too that do like a little I don't know if it's like a paste. That's a gross word because it's not a texture of a paste, but it's like a cream and you just squirt it out of the bottle and they've got like lemon flavors and it's really nice to like mix in a yogurt or put on a spoon and just eat. So if you get fish burps or you don't like taking pills because it gives you whatever issues, I think that's a pretty good option too. So so the Nordic, no Nordic Naturals has a lemon flavor Oh, okay, cool. as well. So if you do burp, a it pill? tastes like lemon and it doesn't taste like fish. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's vegan? Who's doing that? Um, krill oil. Okay. Or like a, an algae-based omega. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that probably wouldn't be as concentrated, but it'd be better <clears> than nothing. So the salmon and fish that get the omegas actually get it from the greens, but mm-hmm. then their body converts it, mm-hmm. and then, then we take it in a way that our bodies can convert it, from what I understand. Mm. So if you're getting it from the algae source, that's, like, the source that it comes from, hmm. but it's just it not as bioavailable, similar to how, like, True. iron is more bioavailable in an animal than it is taking it, getting it from spinach. Okay, yep, that's good to know. That's <laughs> interesting. 
The other food sources, just real quick, of omega-3s are going to be not just fatty fish like tuna and salmon, but you can get it from ground flaxseed. It's important to get ground flaxseed because the body is going to be able to absorb more of that omega-3 than whole flaxseed just based on where it is broken down in your digestive tract. Chia seeds, you mentioned algae, like spirulina is a good option, and walnuts. The next universal tip that we have for everybody is to have a serving of leafy greens daily. I think this is so easy. Literally, you can just put leafy greens like spinach, kale, spring mix, arugula into like anything. There's, it's really, you can just eat any meal over a bed of greens. You're going to get fiber, you're going to get antioxidants, you're going to get vitamin, vitamin K, vitamin A, vitamin C. It's just easy. One of the things I noticed uh, as I've become much more lazy about cooking since I had a kid was that we were eating a lot less vegetables. Mm -hmm. And so my kind of deal I made with myself is that I was just going to buy a one of those big box plastic boxes mm -hmm. of greens every week and so our sides now instead of being like roasted vegetables is just going to be a salad with two toppings cool. so if the topping could be like mandarin oranges because i've got them in a can and parmesan cheese mm -hmm. or it can be sunflower seeds and strawberries or hey we've got some tomatoes in there let's do tomatoes and cucumbers with this one mm -hmm. so it's Greens, two toppings, that's our side for our salads. Easy. Wait, that's genius because then you don't even have to think about it. It's just like always have greens and then find stuff to put on it. Yep. There's just, I mean, they always have random stuff in the yeah. pantry that I can throw on that I bought for something else. Easy. Yep. Love it. I make a lot of meals where I just eat it over greens. So like those phyllo beans that we talk about like all the time mm -hmm. where you just heat up these like seasoned beans, black beans, pinto beans. I'll make, a, if I won't have anything, I'll put a protein eggs on top and then just eat them over greens. And it's really good. It's like a chipotle bowl over leafy greens. Yep. So you can saute them up. You can eat them raw. You can eat them as a salad. Easy thing to do, especially if you struggle with veggies. And then you came up with our last one before we started. What was it? Don't eat late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because this is a question I always get. It's like, what time should I be done eating? Like, what do you, are you the type of person that says you got to be done at six? Like, I've heard you got to be done this time. You got to be this time. That's not what it's about. It's not about like a certain magic time that you have to be done eating. What it's about is that you're not taking in 60-70% of your calories right before you go to bed. Yeah. Your body doesn't need fuel to go to sleep. So if you're eating a bunch of stuff and then going to bed, your body wants to rest, it wants to repair, it doesn't want to digest, it doesn't want a lot of calories to go to bed. So then you just kind of sit, sleep on all those calories. Not good for digestion mm -hmm. at all, especially if you have any kind of reflux, bloating, anything like that. That's not great for digestion. Mm -hmm. So you wake up in the morning, you got diarrhea. Well, guess what? Ooh. Stop eating so late. If you don't have an appetite in the morning mm -hmm. and you're wondering why and you look at what you're eating, if you're eating snacks and a bunch of food before bed, then that could also be stop why. Stop eating so late. I should get a gavel. Just like, like, you got this wrong? Stop eating so late. You got this wrong? Stop eating so late. She has spoken. Please rise. <laughs> you're eating too much for dinner. Eat more for breakfast. Like, stop that. Okay. So, yeah, not a certain... Not a specific time, but I would say maybe, like, if you're normally going to bed at 10, maybe you're done by 7. Like, try yeah. to figure out a three-hour window mm -hmm. where your body can just kind of rest and digest before you head to bed. And if you find that hard, the first thing I would say is, well, look at what you're eating throughout the day. If you're still hungry after dinner, like, genuinely hungry, you probably didn't eat enough either at dinner or during the day. If you're having cravings, you're probably having some imbalance of what you're eating. Or you're skipping meals and you're still starving at night. So you have to look at your overall diet. I tell people you shouldn't really be hungry after dinner most nights. <clears throat> yeah, I would say if you 
Most of the time, if you want something after dinner, it's usually not from hunger. It's because there's the Milano cookies are in Mm -hmm. the pantry. And that's a different story than, oh, I'm actually really hungry right now. So that just means that you didn't give your body enough fuel to do all the things you asked it to do throughout Mm -hmm. the day. In which case, you need to just spread your intake out a little bit better. Yeah. Boom. Easy. Cool. So these were the, what, six universal nutrition tips? Universal truths. The universal truths. We have spoken. For everybody. Uh Yeah, I mean, easy peasy. I think these are things that most people can do. Pick two or three to really focus on. If you struggle with all of them, make them habitual and add on another one. Cool. Thanks, guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com. Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.